the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Here's the good news. Paul says in verse 9 that in spite of the fact that the harvest is sometimes slow in, in coming, he says it will come. It will come. If we don't give up by ceasing to minister, and we don't give up by withholding our money from ministry. He says, notice this, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. This is a tremendous promise that we need to grab hold of. That word translated due time is an important word. It occurs about 80 times in the New Testament. God's timing is extremely important, but it's rarely obvious to us. The Jews waited thousands of years for their promised Messiah. And we sometimes grow weary if we don't see results in a few months. The spiritual person waits on God's timing and doesn't give up. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For the past couple weeks, we've been studying the practical results of true spirituality, and our text is Galatians 6, verses 1 through 10. In this passage, we find a phrase that's still commonly used today, Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. So, before we deal with patience and persistence in doing good, let's examine verses 7 and 8, where Paul said, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Here's Pastor Steve now with today's lesson. Now, as we discovered last week, Paul's just laying down an immutable, meaning an unchanging, inflexible law. A law that applies, frankly, to all areas of life, whether it be farming or behavior or anything in life. You reap what you sow. And his point in bringing this up here is to say that if we refuse to financially care for those who teach us the Word of God, then we are going to reap the consequences of our stingy behavior. In other words, he's saying that God will not be mocked by disobedient churches and disobedient Christians who disregard his word about properly caring for his servants. If they sow stinginess with their teachers, then they are going to reap the consequences of being stingy with their teachers. And what are those consequences? What are the consequences that we reap when we are stingy with those who teach us the word of God? Well, the answer is found in verse 8. That's why these two verses go together. Verse 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Now, this is where we left off last week. We had just touched on the essential meaning of this verse without going into any of its details. So let me just repeat. 
the primary point of this verse is to make sure that Christians understand that if they use their money primarily on themselves to gratify their own fleshly desires to the neglect of caring for their pastors, then it will have a negative effect on their own spiritual lives because they are going to suffer the consequences of a spiritually barren soul. But if they invest their money in God's work, which includes taking care of their pastors, and they are going to reap the harvest of spiritual growth and experience incredible blessings that impact us as well as others eternally. Now, let me explain how this works by considering some of the details of what Paul is is saying here concerning sowing and reaping as it relates to caring for teachers of the word and how these details apply to us. First of all, when Paul says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, this is intended to be a serious warning to all of us, a warning of the dangers of wasting our money on feeding our fleshly interests instead of investing our finances in eternal matters. That is to say that he's saying that if you live only for your own pleasure and spend your money only on yourself, and he's not even talking here necessarily about overt evil, just being consumed with ourselves, then you are going to reap a harvest of fleshly stuff that will only pass away because none of what you have invested in is going to last. It's all very temporary. That's what he means by it's corrupt. It's decaying. It's perishing. That's it. This is basically, folks, the same truth that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6. Let me me read this to you, a very significant statement by our Lord. Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. It's all very temporary. Don't live for that stuff. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves Do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. How how significant are these words? All of us need to to be sure that we are investing our resources in those things that count for eternity. Not just for ourselves and for our own earthly pleasures, because those things, according to Jesus and Paul, are just not going to last. Our treasures need to be heavenly treasures, not earthly ones, because the earthly ones will only decay, and they are decaying, and they will pass away. You see, this is the outworking of that immutable law. You reap what you sow. If you sow to your flesh, you will experience a lean and barren soul because you will be focusing only on those things that are dying, decaying. That's it. Now, from a practical standpoint, And in keeping with this context, listen closely. What Paul is telling the Galatians is that there is a high price to pay when a church does not invest in caring for the material needs of a pastor who could be teaching them God's word in a very rich way. The price they pay is a lack of their own spiritual growth and maturity. Why is that? Because if a congregation is stingy with a pastor, and their priority is to spend their money primarily on themselves and on their own interests rather than in caring for his needs, then they will inevitably lose that pastor and the benefits of his teaching because he just can't stay in full-time ministry. 
he has to take care of a wife, take care of a children. So he's going to have to get another job so he will be able to care for his family. Or he'll go to some other church that will be generous with him and take care of his needs. And that congregation then, they will be the beneficiaries of good of his good Bible teaching. In either case, a stingy church ultimately hurts itself spiritually because they forfeit good Bible teaching. And note this, that church then will be filled with spiritually immature people, fleshly Christians, self-absorbed people, rather than with people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and are Christ-absorbed because they've been properly taught God's Word. See, if you sow to your flesh, then you will reap to your flesh. Just after the uh, morning, the first service, a man came up to me and told me, said, what you said I've experienced. I was in a church where um, our pastor was not paid properly. He had to get a second job, and it began to affect his teaching. He could not teach us properly the Word of God because he wasn't, wasn't able to study much. And I'm telling you, that happens a lot, a lot. That's a fact. Now, on the other hand, as we look again at verse 8, notice that Paul speaks of those who sow to the Spirit. They do the right thing. He says, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, if sowing to the flesh means spending our money to promote our own fleshly interests, then sowing to the Spirit must mean spending our money to promote spiritually Christ-honoring causes and his interests. And one of those spiritual causes is spending money to support pastors who teach them the Word of God. And Paul says that the result of doing this kind of, of sowing, spiritual sowing, is that they will reap eternal life. Now, that's an interesting expression. What does Paul mean by this? Well, let me tell you, we know what he doesn't mean by this. He doesn't mean, or can he possibly mean, that salvation comes if we work hard enough at investing our money in spiritual causes. That's impossible that he's saying that here. Salvation is by faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. That is salvation. In fact, this is said in the letter to the Galatians. He's just spent six chapters teaching them that salvation is not by works at all. It's by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. So in a letter in which he has stressed justification by faith in Christ, apart from any works, Paul can't possibly be saying now that we gain eternal life, salvation by using our money to promote the Lord's work. It just doesn't make any sense. It's contrary to logic. It is contrary to the plain teaching of Scripture. So, we know Paul isn't saying that. You can't be saved by giving your money to spiritual causes. So what is he saying? What Paul is telling us then is that when we use our financial resources to promote spiritual Christ-honoring causes, such as giving to missionaries or Bible-centered ministries or caring for a local pastor, then we will reap spiritual rewards in heaven and on earth now. We will reap the blessings, note this, of seeing others receive eternal life and growing spiritually. That's what we're going to reap. Our own rewards in glory, but also he is talking here about others, the blessings of seeing that our investment was used by God to bring people to faith in Christ and to help them grow spiritually. That is to say, when we give money to the Lord's work in supporting 
full-time workers, then we are going to reap the blessings of knowing that our money was used to help others come to, to know Christ, to grow in Christ. Once again, what this means on a very practical level is that if a congregation is generous in financially supporting their pastor, and they are going to reap all of the spiritual blessings of that man's ministry because they have made an investment in him. He is their investment. It's their ministry as well as his. They've invested in him. Every one that he helps to come to faith in Christ and, and to grow into spiritual maturity, they've helped too. Because, as I said, he is their investment, and they are reaping the blessings of others receiving eternal life. Look, every time I go to Italy and minister there and help to equip leaders in the various Italian churches, that's you sowing to the Spirit. That's you. And reaping from the Spirit. It's not just me. It's you. I am your investment. And every time I speak, at a, and all of our pastors are, by the way, not just talking about me, but all of our pastors are. And every time I speak at a conference and help someone either come to faith in Christ or help by God's word to strengthen the faith of a weak believer, that's you sowing to the Spirit. And that's you reaping from the Spirit. I could not do what I do unless you invested in me. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to get an outside job and would not have the time to effectively study and to minister the word. That, that's just how it works. It's also true that when a church invests their money in their pastor, it helps them as a congregation, not just other congregations, not just other people. See, when a pastor teaches his people the gospel, and some get saved, and he teaches them the word, and others who are saved begin to grow like they should be growing, that church then is reaping the spiritual blessings of their own investment. This is one reason why it is more blessed to give than to receive because those churches that give to a teacher of the word, they reap the spiritual blessings that come with helping people to have eternal life, both their church and those in other churches and outside the church. So to sum up these verses then, Paul has just told the Galatians that they need to care for their pastors and that there are negative consequences if they don't do this, but there are also spiritual benefits if they do this. Now, I hope as you are hearing God's word this morning, speaking to you, that the spirit of God is speaking to your heart, that your heart is responding by saying, yes, amen, yes, this is what I, I want to do. I want to stop focusing on myself and using my money simply to gratify my own fleshly interests, and I want to start investing my money in advancing Christ's kingdom by contributing to, to valid ministries, to valid ministers of the word. I want to sow to the Spirit. I want to reap the blessings of the Spirit, knowing that my investment has made an eternal difference in the lives of people. That's what I hope your heart is saying. That's what I'm praying that your heart is saying. But I want you to know that if it is, and that is what it should be saying, you should be aware of the fact that you can expect some struggles and some discouragement along the way. And Paul addresses the temptation to be discouraged about this, about investing in ministry in verse 9. He says this, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. With this 
statement, a precious statement. Paul is warning each of us of the danger that we face when we choose to do good by investing our money in the Lord's work and in the lives of those who who minister his word. It is the danger, note this, of losing heart, which means to grow discouraged and to give up, to stop investing financially. Now, why would anyone do that? Why would we possibly be tempted to give up and stop pouring our resources into ministry and advancing Christ's kingdom? It's simple, because we might not see immediate results. And when we don't see immediate results, it's easy to grow discouraged and to think, well, it's not working. The Lord said that it would work, but I don't see the harvest. See, when we don't see souls being saved or lives being transformed as as we had hoped we would see, as quickly as we wanted to see this, when we are not reaping the spiritual harvest that we anticipated that we would reap, the great danger is that we would conclude that it is a waste of our money, a waste of our money because we don't see anything of spiritual value that's happening, and yet we just keep pouring our money into this ministry. Why do we do that? And then we stop. Listen, if the priority of your life is to minister to others, and it ought to be, and that includes your finances to support ministries that understand this. If you don't guard your heart and your minds with the right thinking, it will be very easy for you to lose heart because results don't always come quickly when we're talking about spiritual matters. No one can automatically produce immediate results in the ministry because you're dealing with people. You're not dealing with, with an assembly line of manufactured items. And not only are you dealing with people, you're dealing with sinful people who are not always responsive to the Word of God. But here's the good news. Paul says in verse 9 that in spite of the fact that the harvest is sometimes slow in in coming, he says it will come. It will come. If we don't give up by ceasing to minister and we don't give up by withholding our money from ministry. He says, notice this, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. This is a tremendous promise that we need to grab hold of. Because God promises here that in due time, which means, what is due time? It is the time that he has determined by his own sovereign wisdom. In due time, he will bring about a rich harvest of spiritual results. Now, what this harvest is, only God knows. Only God in his wise sovereignty knows. It could be someone coming to faith in Christ, someone being saved who you've been praying for for a long time, or someone who starts growing spiritually, someone that also you've been praying for that the Lord would get hold of their lives and they'd finally submit to him and and grow. You may have been praying for them for years, or some marriage that's been troubled for a while, but now after you've given counsel after counsel and prayed for them, you see that marriage being restored. Or repentance on the part of some wayward believer you've been ministering to for some time. Or even the conversion of a child, your child, that you have poured your life into but haven't seen fruit being born. Whatever the results are, they are brought about by our God who uses his ministers and ministries that you've been investing in for a long time to bring about these changes that give him glory. Now, let me try to encourage you by giving you a couple of examples of why it is so important to persevere and not give up, either in doing ministry or in financially giving to a ministry. The following quote, it's a 
bit of a lengthy one, but it comes from one of Philip Ryken's sermons that have been put into a commentary on Galatians. Philip Ryken is an outstanding Bible teacher. He is presently the president of Wheaton College in Illinois. Here's what Philip Ryken writes. Until the harvest comes, we must keep sowing. A good example of what it means to sow and then to wait for the reaping comes from the life of William Carey, the first modern missionary to India. From the day that he arrived on the subcontinent in 1793, Carey began to teach the Bible to anyone who would listen. This he continued to do for the next seven years without winning so much as a single convert to Christ. Not surprisingly, Carey sometimes got discouraged. On one occasion, he wrote back to his family in England, I feel as a farmer does about his crop. Sometimes I think the seed is springing, and thus I hope. A little time blasts all, and my hopes are gone like a cloud. There were only weeds which appeared, or if a little corn sprung up, it quickly dies, being either choked with weeds or parched up by the sun of persecution. Still I hope in God, and will go forth in his strength. Then Riken continues. Though he sometimes grew weary in doing good, Carey refused to give up. In 1800, he finally began to reap what he had sown, baptizing his first Hindu convert. This was the first fruits of a great harvest among the Indian people. Now listen to this. He writes as he continues, or consider another example, this one from the colony of Virginia. It concerns the conversion of a man named Luke Short at the ripe old age of 103. Short was sitting under a hedge when he happened to remember a sermon he had once heard preached by the famous Puritan John Flavel. As he recalled the sermon, he asked God right then and there to forgive his sins through Jesus Christ. But here's the remarkable part of the story. The sermon Short remembered had been preached by Flavel back in England 85 years before. Nearly a century had passed between the sermon and his conversion, between the sowing and the reaping. But a man reaps what he sows, and at the proper time, Flavel reaped his harvest. Now, folks, all of us ought to take courage by these stories and not lose heart when you don't see quick results from your ministry or a ministry that you have invested funds in. It may take years. It may take decades. Or in the case of Luke Short, it may take nearly a century before the results come. So, parents, don't. Be discouraged and give up sowing the seed of truth into your children because you don't see any fruit right now. You persevere and you continue to sow the seed of God's word and pray for your children. The harvest may take some time. Farmers may be able to use bigger combines for faster harvesting of their crops. But in the realm of soul harvesting, there are no shortcuts. Quite often, we may be in a hurry when God is not. So when we're investing time, money, and effort in various ministries, let's be patient with His timing. And remember, His timing is always perfect. You've been listening to Verse by Verse. I'm glad you could be here today for another lesson from Pastor Steve Kreloff's series of messages on the practical results of true spirituality. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you want to stop in some Sunday, I know Pastor Steve would love to meet you, and you'd get a warm reception from the folks at Lakeside. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road, and the phone number is 727-441-1714. Call if you need service times or directions, or you can go online to lakesidechapel.com. The number once more is 727-441-1714. Pastor Steve has a special place in his heart for those who have lost their eyesight. 
So let me take a moment to tell you about a special opportunity for our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind, and you'd like a free audio Bible for your digital player, call 800-838-5924. Or visit www.blindbibles.com. That's blindbibles.com, or call 800-838-5924. At Verse by Verse, we don't sell a product. We only seek to share biblical truth. Pastor Steve receives no income from Verse by Verse, and there are no paid employees. Still, there are costs involved for outside services we need. One major cost, of course, is airtime, but there are others, and that's where you can come in if you would like to. Those generous listeners who are moved and able to give to Verse by Verse are an important part of this teaching ministry, and we are grateful to and for each person who gives, and the same goes for those who are only able to pray for us. We need that too, so thank you. We have a giving page at our website if you'd like to use it. Click the giving link at versebyverseradio.org. And don't forget about the message archive page where you can listen to any of our previous broadcasts. That's versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. Next time as Pastor Steve wraps up this series from Galatians, he'll have something to share with us about what spiritual people do that might surprise you. But it is important, so I hope you can be here. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse Faith by Talk verse. 570. W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.